0: KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power. Welcoming the renowned Jack Quartet to San Diego for an evening of music titled Modern Medieval with works by Caroline Shaw, Morton Feldman, and more. Monday, May 6th at The Loft at UC San Diego, artpower.ucsd.edu.
1: A poll finds public support in San Diego for police defunding.
2: The term itself has become so loaded that a lot of politicians especially say that they don't support it.
1: I'm Maureen Kavanaugh. This is KPBS Midday Edition. We look at one of the state propositions on this year's ballot, Prop 20. It's a noticeable shift away from throw away the key to we support rehabilitation and our weekend preview explores what to do on this very different and even scarier Halloween. Stay with us for Midday Edition. It's coming up next.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating and Air, Restoration and Flood Services Family owned and operated for three generations, Bill Howe has been serving the plumbing, heating and air and water damage needs of the San Diego area since 1980 with their fleet of trained professionals. Bill Howe has the ability to service all major and minor plumbing and HVAC emergency needs 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Bill Howe is committed to providing excellent service to their customers with transparent quotes and attention to detail on every job. Whether you're in need of an HVAC installation, plumbing, or water damage restoration in San Diego, they offer the convenience of scheduling an appointment over the phone, online, or through live chat on their website. Call 1-800-BILL-HOWE or visit billhowe.com because we know how.
1: The movement to defund the police is something most politicians in San Diego want nothing to do with. But a new poll indicates the political scramble away from the issue may be out of step with many residents. The poll, commissioned by Voice of San Diego, finds more San Diegans support the concept of reallocating some police funding toward social services than oppose it. The support differs widely however among different ages genders races and political affiliations joining me is voice of san diego's managing editor sarah libby and sarah welcome thank you for having me how was this poll conducted and what were the overall results
2: yeah so we surveyed three different groups actually um when it came to the San Diego Mayor's race, we spoke to city voters. Uh, we also surveyed residents of the District 3 Board of Supervisors race. And then we surveyed residents countywide. Um, that's a group that includes both voter, registered voters, and non registered voters um, about a number of issues that uh, we wanted to take residents' temperature on, uh, including their feelings about local police and this question of funding.
1: And what did you find? How
2: did it break down? So on the funding question specifically, um, it it wasn't a majority who said they uh, favored shifting funding away from police departments, but it was a plurality. So more uh, people responded that they supported shifting funding than those who said they opposed it. Um, But like you said, we found things broke down significantly Um, depending on what kind of person was responding. So young people, uh, people 18 to 49, overwhelmingly supported uh, reallocating funding, uh, while people over 50 overwhelmingly opposed such a move. Um, I think political affiliation was the strongest indicator of where someone was likely to land on this question. So people who identified as Republicans, particularly Republican men, overwhelmingly opposed the idea Um, of shifting funding while people who identified as liberal and even people who identified as independent uh, said they supported it.
1: Now, the question that was asked did not use the term defund the police. Why
2: not? Right. I think that's really important. It seems like um, what we found is that the term itself has become so loaded that a lot of politicians especially say that they don't support it. And then they'll go on Um, to describe what they do support and they essentially do say that they think social services are underfunded um, and that they should be getting more money. And so the question that we asked specifically was whether people um, oppose taking a significant amount of funds currently going to local police departments and the county sheriff's department and instead using them for other programs that could improve safety like mental health services and substance abuse treatment.
1: Now, how have local politicians reacted to the movement to take some of the funding away from law enforcement?
2: Uh, well, like you said, they certainly haven't been supportive. We saw earlier this year, the San Diego City Council, which is represented by a super majority of Democrats, um, didn't just decline to reallocate funding. They actually increased funding for the San Diego Police Department. Um, the two Democratic candidates for mayor of San Diego have both said they do not support the idea um, of defunding. The Democratic Attorney General of California told us um, last month that defunding police is something he could never support. We also saw Governor Gavin Newsom veto a, a bill that included a pilot project um, for having community groups serve as first responders in certain situations. And so, Even though the poll found that Democrats and independents um, really favor this idea, we've seen Democratic politicians at all levels of government um, haven't reacted that way. And
1: the present County Board of Supervisors is not in support either, is it?
2: No, um, you know, it's all going to come down to this District 3 race on the Board of Supervisors to determine party control. And so if a majority of Democrats end up representing the county moving forward, that could change. But certainly the Republicans currently on the board, as well as those running for the board now, say that this is not a concept that they support.
1: Well, like the uh, residents that you polled, many politicians who say they don't support defunding also say they don't want police to be mental health or social service workers. So is it this phrase that's stopping them get to get on the bandwagon and support this idea?
2: Yeah, I think it's the phrase itself that is very loaded and provocative um, that they want to stay away from, as well as, you know, it all comes down to what exactly we're talking about, um, what pools of money we're pulling from. Um, so, you know, budgets are tricky things and involve a lot of moving parts. And so I think that they want to make sure that first responders have the tools that they need to stay safe and to protect the community. And, and it all depends on, on what that looks like.
1: Now, you spoke with a defunding advocate about the results of this poll. What was her reaction?
2: So she said that she thinks it's going to take a lot more time for politicians, even democratic politicians to come around to some of these concepts. Um, but she expressed a lot of hopefulness. She said that this is the most, you know sustained movement for um, police reform that she has seen in her career of, of years and years of advocating for these types of changes. So she does think that change is on the way, but you know, it's not going to happen overnight.
1: I've been speaking with Voice of San Diego's Managing Editor, Sarah Libby. And Sarah, thank you so much.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: The mail-in ballot turnout continues to be phenomenal this year. And this weekend, in-person voting begins at polling locations across San Diego. One of the many state propositions on the ballot, Proposition 20, would roll back some of the criminal justice reforms California has passed in recent years. Key to this issue is the rhetoric used about crime over the years and how that rhetoric has changed. KQED's Kate Wolf has more.
3: In the 1990s, California led the nation in passing a spate of tough-on-crime laws. Here's a 1994 ad for Republican gubernatorial candidate Pete Wilson. Rape, an ugly word, a devastating crime.
0: The victim does life, and yet the average rapist in California spends less than five years behind bars.
3: One of the most harsh and recognizable laws of that era was 1994's Three Strikes Law. Backed by Wilson with bipartisan support, it put people in state prisons for decades for a third offense, even if it was nonviolent.
2: It used to be, even in California, that an effective campaign was to talk about law and order. That you were really, really for it as a Republican, or that you weren't against it as a Democrat.
3: That's Dr. Fernando Guerra, a political science professor at Loyola Marymount University. As the state packed its prisons and spending ballooned, however, public sentiment slowly began to change. And after a Supreme Court order to lower the prison population, voters passed a series of reforms that softened some criminal penalties. Now, law enforcement groups have put Prop 20 on the ballot to roll back some of those reforms. It would increase penalties on some theft and fraud crimes and exclude thousands of people from early parole. Yes on 20 consultant Richard Temple says people who have committed violent crimes shouldn't be eligible for early release. But in this moment of racial reckoning and amid calls for more oversight of police and prisons, Temple is also quick to contend that the measure won't send people to prison.
2: This initiative does not increase the prison population. Not one new inmate will go to prison.
3: Temple's technically right. Prop 20 would send more people to jail, not prison, and keep some people in prison longer. But for a ballot measure backed by prosecutors and police, it's a noticeable shift away from throw away the key to we support rehabilitation. Temple says under the current system, people with drug and mental health problems are falling through the cracks.
0: Those people will get better treatment. How is this taking care of them by letting them over and over steal and not get treatment
3: temple is referring to a more tough love approach get help or go to jail but an analysis by the center on juvenile and criminal justice found that prop 20 would undercut rehabilitation by redirecting money from those programs back to locking people up opponents of prop 20 say despite the softer rhetoric from the other side This is just the same playbook with a different script. Lenore Anderson helped write some of the reforms that Prop 20 is seeking to roll back.
4: Now is the time to go further with reform. But what Prop 20 does is seeks to send us back. Prop 20 is an effort to return California to its tough-on-crime mass incarceration
3: past. Ultimately, it'll be up to the voters to decide whether California has become too lenient. But Professor Guerra says if Prop 20 passes, it will send an important message.
2: Clearly, there's been tremendous momentum from the criminal justice proponents. This would indicate that that momentum has gone too far.
3: But if Prop 20 fails, it could be that the reforms are here to
1: stay. That was KQED's Kate Wolf. You can locate the new in-person polling place in your area by checking the back of your sample ballot for the address, or you can click the How to Vote button on Our Voter Guide at kpbs.org.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating, and Air Restoration and Flood Services. Family-owned and operated for three generations, Bill Howe has been serving the plumbing, heating and air, and water damage needs of the San Diego area since 1980. With their fleet of trained professionals, Bill Howe has the ability to service all major and minor plumbing and HVAC emergency needs 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Bill Howe is committed to providing excellent service to their customers with transparent quotes and attention to detail on every job. Whether you're in need of an HVAC installation, plumbing, or water damage restoration in San Diego, they offer the convenience of scheduling an appointment over the phone, online, or through live chat on their website. Call 1-800-BILL-HOWE or visit billhowe.com because we know how.
1: If you count the pandemic and election day jitters, this could be the spookiest Halloween ever, even without the trick-or-treaters. Fortunately, local arts groups can help us turn to some of the more classic tales of horror right in our homes, plus a community of and spooky live music. So this Halloween weekend, dim the lights and settle in for some spooky culture. Joining me is KPBS arts editor, Julia Dixon-Evans with all the details. And Julia, welcome. Hi, Maureen. This year's po Fest has gone online, but it's still here with the best of Gothic literature to celebrate the season. How can we tune
4: in? Yeah, so performers from Write Out Loud, they have recorded videos of retellings of a bunch of classic, creepy short stories, poetry and folk tales, so including Edgar Allan Poe, but also H.P. Lovecraft, Charlotte Perkins Gilman, and more. Each year, they usually perform in the old Adobe Chapel in Old Town, and they've recreated that this year on site to film the stories for us at home. And they're in bundles of six separate readings, so you can either binge them all or space them out, and you can even just pick one or two to buy a pass for it all starts off with mr poe's the mask of red death. It's sort of got a little boost in the news lately. It's a story of a bunch of wealthy leaders who think they're immune to a deadly plague, so they gather for a party and spoiler alert, it goes wrong. I am personally looking forward to the yellow wallpaper, which is deeply interior sort of horror about a woman who's trying to figure out if it's the house or her mind that is haunted. And of course, all those classic Poe stories like The Raven, read here by the incredibly spooky Travis Rett Wilson.
2: Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store. Caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster, till his songs one burden bore, to the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore
1: of never, never more. That's Travis Rhett Wilson of Poe Fest reading Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. You can catch the whole story plus more in six episodes online now through November 8th. And the San Diego Museum of Art has paired Shakespeare with paintings in a spooky virtual SDMA Plus performance. What can we
4: find here? Yeah, so it's Across the Pond from Edgar Allan Poe. It's so much of horror and dark, creepy art. Even today is inspired by Shakespeare. And the San Diego Shakespeare Society, they're pairing up with San Diego Museum of Art again to perform some works alongside pieces from the museum's collection. They'll do some really classic scenes like the out-out dance Spot scene and the dagger scene from Macbeth plus that be not a feared part from The Tempest, as well as scenes from Othello. Plus it's not just Shakespeare. I'm excited about the pairing of Emily Dickinson's I Felt a Funeral in My Brain poem with contemporary abstract artist, Nancy Lawrence's chaotic gold-tinged work. And these virtual SDMA Plus offerings, they've run on the short side during quarantine. So I'm really looking forward to this one being packed to the gills with stuff. It's a video format on YouTube, so you can experience the art too.
1: San Diego Museum of Art Plus San Diego Shakespeare Society performs spooky works of literature with art from the museum. That's online Saturday. That's Halloween at 6 p.m. Dia de los Muertos starts on Sunday and City Heights Art Space You Belong Here has a special offering. Tell us about their community ofrenda.
4: Yeah, You Belong Here brought in artist Maria Romero to install a public altar. Her ofrendas are really beautiful pieces and One nice part about this project is that it's viewable from the outside through You Belong Here's windows 24 hours a day through Monday. So you can go to pay your respects and celebrate those who came before you, even if you're not quite ready to go indoors. But if you are, You Belong Here is offering short indoor viewings of no more than four people at a time, so you can interact with the altar. They're open this afternoon until 4, and Saturday and Sunday from 10 to noon, and masks are required.
1: Mario Romero's Community Ofrenda will be on view at You Belong here in City Heights through Monday. And in the scary music world, let's head back to the 1980s. What does the Belly Up have to offer this weekend?
4: Yeah, so Dead Man's Party is an Oingo Boingo cover band. And what good is Halloween without Oingo Boingo? Dead Man's Party is an eight-piece band with a three-piece horn section. And they're from San Diego. They'll take the Belly Up stage Saturday night to live stream a bit of Danny Elfman energy right to our houses. You can expect all your favorite spooky Oingo Boingo hits. And this is also the kickoff to Belly Up's 10 concert virtual tour series. And proceeds support the venue and all the artists who regularly share the stage. So you can get tickets just for this show or a pretty good discount on all 10 in the tour.
1: Dead Man's Party streams live from the belly up Saturday at 8 p.m. And let's have a listen to Weird Science covered by Dead Man's Party.
0: Chance, we're a Fantasy,
1: from the head, we're a and Julia, just briefly remind us about the county health guidelines about trick-or-treating this year.
4: Yeah, they're recommending that people avoid traditional door-to-door trick-or-treating. They even point out that leaving out bowls of candy on the porch is unsafe. And instead, they recommend one-way trick-or-treating where you have individually wrapped goodie bags lined up outdoors so families can grab them while practicing social distancing. You can check the county's special Halloween fact sheet online. So yeah, I mostly just recommend listening to Poe stories. (laughs)
1: Yes, keeps us safe, right? I've been speaking with KPBS Arts editor and Producer Julia Dixon Evans. For more arts events, you can go to KPBS.org slash arts or sign up for the weekly KPBS Arts newsletter. Happy Halloween, Julia. You too,
4: Maureen. Thank you.